You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Wednesday. We are back and doing it. Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. If you're watching, yes, I'm continuing to tweak with the lighting. Um, hopefully it'll be a little bit different later. My one light just decided it doesn't work anymore. Well, it did this a while ago. Just, I think it's just the charger. For those listening, this is superfluous, which is most of you. Uh, about, you know, about uh, sometimes it's half and half. Sometimes it's greatly one or the other. Anyway, um, so today we are going to get into, we're going to talk about talking is <laughs> basically what we're going to do. Uh, Sharon Moore was on the In the Trenches podcast. It was pretty clear it was recorded a couple weeks ago because he mentioned AJ Henning as being someone that they were excited to have back this year. Clearly, they do not have him. But uh, he covered a couple different uh, parts of the uh, uh, across the offense, from the offensive line to the running backs room, the tight ends, uh, and uh, JJ McCarthy as well, wide receivers. So I wrote about a couple of them. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to get too deep into the ones I didn't really write about, but I mean, he's very excited. Obviously, let's start with the offensive line. I didn't write about the offensive line, but uh, he's just really enthusiastic about the embarrassment of riches that they have. And that's, I think, the thing that you can kind of say across the board when it comes to the offense. Embarrassment of riches just kind of feels like where they're at with a lot of the a lot of the offense. So. Um, you look at the fact that they do have uh, Keegan, Zinter, Trente, and Carson returning. He said that Reese Atterbury is getting healthy. You look at the center position. You discussed uh, saying that from both a physical and mental standpoint, Raheem Anderson and Greg Crippen had amazing springs. And then you add in uh, the three other linemen. He didn't really speak at length about any of them. The two transfers that they, or three transfers they brought in, but did note that Ladarius Henderson as well as uh, Drake Nugent have that team captain experience as well. So it's a leadership, uh, knowing how to behave essentially, right? And when I say behave, I, I don't mean that in like a actual behavioral sense. I just mean how to act and get other people to follow. And, you know, how, you know, knowing your own sense of conduct when it comes to, not slacking, not taking any plays off of that kind of stuff, right? They they are the examples. And yet they aren't they didn't come to Ann Arbor as team captains, right? Like they aren't they're not coming in and being like knighted right here and there, right? They might earn that by the time that the, the season comes. Olu did as a reserve captain and then, you know, essentially became a team captain with the departures of Caden McNamara and Eric All. But uh, certainly that is just in a, in a standpoint where, like he said, like guys want to come here. Like they understand the situation when you come to Ann Arbor, isn't that you're just automatically going to get that opportunity to, to come and play right away on the, on the offensive line. You're going to have to bide your time a bit. And it's good that he's noting that it, it's something that it, these players are that, that that they see it and say, okay, this is something that is just going to be how things are going to be. But if I do my job, I'm going to go to the NFL and I'm going to be a part of a winning team. 
So that that's that's good. I, I just felt like it was there wasn't anything there that was like groundbreaking. There were were some things. That, I mean, I don't think anything was necessarily groundbreaking, but there were a couple of things that I thought were uh, pretty good. So I'm kind of leading here, by the way, with the uninteresting stuff because um, I think that what he said about the running backs and what he said about JJ McCarthy, which is what we're going to get to in segments two and three, is the more it's the meat on the bones essentially. Uh, but the uh, the other part that I kind of took to was the wide receivers. And he said, like, hey, listen, the wide receivers, this group has the potential to be as good as anybody in the country. Now, of course, that's what you're going to generally say, especially at Michigan, right? That We've had very few coaches come through and say, listen, needs to take a step forward. <laughs> it's ain't, it's ain't up to par. The last time I remember a Michigan coach saying something like that, was probably Mike Zordich in 2018 or maybe it was 2017. I think it was 2017 when he's talking about like, hey, David Long's good, but the rest of these cornerbacks need to really step it up. I haven't really heard anything of that caliber other than that since then. Uh, But uh, he said like, you know, listen, Cordelius Johnson recognized a few things that he needed to work on. He did so in the spring and he got really good at it. Okay, that's step number one. Roman Wilson's doing Roman Wilson things. Really fast and explosive. He's continued that into the spring. All right, good to hear. Peyton O'Leary showed us in the spring game what they've been seeing from him constantly. They need, obviously, more of that. So those were the three that they that got mentioned. They did not mention any of the freshmen by name, or I guess they're sophomores now by name, or even the freshmen. Those are names I would like to hear individually. I want to stop hearing them clumped together. That's where I'm at with the wide receivers. I don't want to hear, yeah, Darius Henderson and Tyler Morris, two peas in the same pod, both doing the same thing. Now, that's kind of the same thing that we did get back in the the four freshmen of 2017, right? When it was Tariq Black, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Oliver Martin, and Nico Collins. Eventually, guys start to separate, right? And eventually, you start talking about different players individually. That is kind of what I'm anxious to kind of hear, specifically with Darius Clements and Tyler Morris. And the quicker that Frederick Moore and Samaj Morgan can get into that conversation, the better. Obviously, we have to wait on uh, Carmelo English to arrive in late June. But uh, nonetheless, we need to hear... The name Darius Clemens has really started to step into the ability to be that number one possession type receiver. That's what we need to hear. Now, of course, I mean, what he said was good in terms of those leaders, those guys being able to do what they're able to do. Then, So that's cool. That's exactly what is uh, necessary. But it needs to take that step forward with some of those other guys. And we need to hear more about them really stepping up if Michigan's going to to be as good as it has the potential of being. So with that in mind, we'll get to J.J. McCarthy next because the pass game is highly reliant, obviously, on him just as much as it is the uh, the wide receivers. But it is a concerted both sides have to come together. All right, so we are going to continue talking about uh, what Sharon Moore had to say in just a moment. But if you're looking for a delicious snack, but don't want all of the sugars and the sugars, plural, and calories, then you need the best tasting protein bar ever built. You've got to try this. 
If you're like me and you want to eat, make healthier snack choices, uh, which is a concerted effort that I am starting to make since I am an astounding 230-something pounds, uh, which is so shocking. Uh, but you don't want to compromise on taste, and then I've got just the thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy, and they taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing. You won't think they're good for you. You've got to try this. I got a box of, uh, of like, cookie dough chunk, I think, puff coming on the way just shipped yesterday super excited about it but what makes built bar so good well for starters they're all covered 100 real dark chocolate that's right real chocolate and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro peanut butter brownie and cookies and cream i don't know how built does it but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros what's even better is that they're healthy only 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein now you don't need to wait to get a box for years, we've been talking about ordering Built Bars at Built.com, and now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club while you can still get your specialty flavors at Built.com. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section. Grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream bar, double chocolate bar, or coconut puff. If you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter puff and churro puff. You can thank me later. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Uh, so I, I'm sure if, if you have been paying attention to this show for any period of time that isn't just the last month, you've noted that we have been much earlier. Now, uh, I'm staying in a place. I have a lot of, I've developed a lot of allergies since I moved home from California. I had none when I moved to California in 2008. Uh, but when I moved back in 2012, it's like Michigan hit me like a two ton heavy thing and lots of allergies. I never felt like I was awake until four or 5 PM. Uh, so this new house, I mean, it's an old house, like 1910, it was built. But it's been completely redone, torn down to the studs and redone. And it wasn't like a flip. It was the, the lady planned on living here. And then she was just like, I don't know why, but that's it. <laughs> and uh, I don't have any of the allergy issues. No mold or anything like that in here. So that's good. So with that, we're, we're trying to make sure that we do the podcast early. So my, my goal, I think, every day, because there's some days where I just have things to do in the morning is for this to be posted at or around 1 p.m. So no, it's not always like right now it's 1249. But that's going to be our new standard. It's not necessarily going to be noon. I thought noon was going to be where we were going to be. Um, I, I think I like to write before I do the podcast. Unlike back in the day when it was uh, audio only, I like to do the podcast and then write afterwards. Uh, I like to do the writing first. So it's... Um, I think that, that that should be, pay attention. If you want to know when it's going to come out on audio, at least, it'll be around one. Video, it could be anywhere from two to six. It all kind of just depends on encoding and uploading and, you know, how quick the internet is in that given moment. 
most of the time it takes a half hour because I got the highest internet plan I could get. Uh, but uh, there are times where I'll put it in and it still says two hours or whatever. So most of the time it's a half hour from when I upload it. And then sometimes I forget to hit publish as we've seen a lot in the last two weeks. Um, so anyway, that's just some house cleaning stuff. Let's get into what, uh, what Sharon Moore said about JJ McCarthy, which I thought was perhaps the most tantalizing. Uh, although some of the other stuff with the running backs, I think also had, uh, it's like the capability of being particularly game changing, but talking about JJ McCarthy, uh, and I do want to pull up what he had to say, cause I think it, it's worth that. Uh, there's just the quotes I think were really, really good. So here is what Sharon Moore said to John Jansen on the, in the trenches podcast about JJ McCarthy said, uh, asked about like, what, what have you seen? What's different between him now and before? And he said, the first thing is confidence, just his confidence. He was always a quiet, confident kid. But now you can see it exuded in the way that he just walks around, the way he approaches the film room, the way he walks on the field. When he gets out of the huddle or he looks to the sideline for a play, the dude just looks like he's dynamic just in the way he approaches everything. He just, he always had the arm talent, strength, and all of that. What he's done now with his body, started to form his body even more. But mentally, into the game, uh, he knows the playbook like we do. That is giant, by the way. And I think when a quarterback does that, and he's always around, like, besides if he's not in class, he's here. So when a quarterback starts doing that, especially your starter, that really changes the game. And then from a leadership standpoint, he's starting to take that ownership, and, you know, he's got it. And we've got so many good leaders on the team. Uh, You don't want too many guys uh, talking, but I always told him as a quarterback, you have the trump card to get it how you want it to be done funny when I write this I don't always see my typos <laughs> and then and then I see them when I read them on the podcast um so uh yeah let's let's fix that real quick yeah that's not uh not ideal anyway um it's that's everything you want to hear At, you, you know from the playbook part to the, uh, like, honestly, the knowing the playbook stuff is about as good as you can get, right? Like, that is 100% what you want to hear. He is, he knows it, right? Because that is the kind of thing that we have, that has kept guys back a little bit, right? Is that ability to know exactly what they need to do, what they're supposed to do, what they're trying to do, right? It's, that is a giant difference because that you think about JJ the last two years. Last year, it, it you know, it slowly kind of started to come on. Like really accurate at the beginning. And then while accuracy fell down, he really started to, to, really started to try to like kind of get things going right i just noticed another typo (laughs) but uh that is huge i think about brandon peters right like everyone wanted brandon peters in year two to start everyone was like it's like coming out of the spring game like he's the guy you want him because he's the guy but 
you know, I was talking to, to different people behind the scenes and they were saying like, listen, he ain't there yet. It's, it's still a little bit of, he doesn't know everything he needs to know. It takes time to get there. It's not something that happens immediately, right? It's not something that uh, you, you know right out, right out of the gates, right? The playbook is a complicated thing, especially when you're a quarterback, because you need to know everything, and you be, I need to be able to see everything in front of you. You need to be able to read a defense pre-snap. This is one of the things that I talk about a lot is there's more to quarterback than there is just simply taking the snap and dropping back and then making a complete accurate pass. There's a lot more to it. It's knowing everything that's going on with all the players around you. It's knowing everything that's going on and looking and seeing and feeling everything that the defense is doing. And it sounds like he is getting much, much better at that. And that's kind of continues into what Jerome Moore said, said, what, what does he need to do to continue his ascent? And he said, I think just trust in himself, trust in his progression, trust all that. And then just go with them. Just like he did in the spring. You really saw that in the spring carryover from the fall. Instead of sometimes you felt like he was out there just making plays. And now he's going through the progressions, going into the reads, knows exactly where the ball is going to go. He's on time with his feet and everything just looks so comfortable for him. It just kind of looks like he's in a video game sometimes. So just excited to watch him do that and to continue to do that as he goes through fall. This is literally, those are the most intriguing things to me, right? These are the things that actually I want to hear more than, oh, he's making these Mahomes type throws. I, that's great, right? That's phenomenal if he has that capability. I want to know that he's able to do those other things that I think are way more important to the quarterback position than simply being able to, 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 to make the freaky play. Yes, the freaky play, and we've seen J.J. McCarthy do that, makes ill-advised throws that somehow get completed, keeps plays alive, alive with his legs. He does all of those things, but I more so want to hear, he knows what he's looking at across the line of scrimmage. He knows what his mismatches are. He knows where the rush is coming from. He knows how to change the protections in order to evade the rush before the, the snap even comes. He knows how to do all of those things. I think that is more important. Now, where I am curious, is, and this is something that next time we get Sharon Moore, which is a ways away, I want to know how much progression there was from last year to this year. How different is it? Right. Where was he at when he became a starter compared to where he's at now? Is it like, oh, you already pretty much had it. And then we just refined some things is different than we trusted him because of his talent and his understanding that we didn't want to turn the football over and that he at least was smart enough to not do that. But now he's just complete different level. Those are the differences. That's what I want to know. All right. We are going to continue on. I want to talk about the running back stuff. We'll read those quotes as well uh, because uh, I think that that's also elucidating, right? So stay tuned for that. All right, I'm doubling up on stuff here in the sense of fixing things, fixing my problems in the article that I didn't notice beforehand and they're fixed now. So we can 
I can't talk, I can't walk and chew gum at the same time. And yet I decided to do a podcast and fix issues as I saw them arise. Granted, while I saw them arise. All right, let's talk about the running backs because I thought that there was something particularly tantalizing that Sharon Moore had to say about the running back situation. Now, Michigan has probably the best running back tandem in the country. Ian Donovan Edwards, Blake Corum, whatever order you want to put them in. Um, Sharon said exactly what you would expect there. He said, sky's the limit. People say it's through that. These guys are special and everywhere. I was just watching some film of this past year. Just to watch little things that those guys do that people don't notice, little cuts, little moves that make somebody miss on the first, second, or third level. They're running over the guy, jumping over somebody, outrunning them, and the ball skills that they both have, they're elite. So there is an elite of a group, two-tandem group, that I have been around, uh, It and even better human beings and workers and guys and leaders and everything you want. They're just under, outstanding individuals, outstanding humans, and just excited that we get to coach them. So obviously the bombshell there is that they're actually good people. Because I thought they were terrible. I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's no bombshell in that. It's just it's being able to the fact that they do the little things that maybe others don't do. And that is emblematic about why they're able to succeed. OK, fair. But then John Jansen asked, like, how are you going to like get them both the ball? Right. Because that's the big thing. You know, that's that's the that's the difficult part is getting both of them the ball. Because, you know, you have two guys, one guy, you know, both of them are going to be early uh, round draft picks if everything continues to go the way as they had anticipated or they hope. Um, Certainly, I mean, Blake Corm should be the first running back off the board as far as the skill level. Maybe maybe someone else that's a little more bigger bodied and has a different skill set would go higher than him based off of potential. But like Corm's like a little mini Barry Sanders. I mean, not even mini Barry Sanders, same size. He's not quite doing quite the same electric stuff that Barry Sanders was doing. But I mean, he's, what he's doing is similarly elusive at times. Uh, but uh, and then Donovan Edwards obviously has a lot of capability. We didn't get to see him as much as a pass catcher last year. We saw it a little bit here and there. We saw it, you know, Hawaii with the the, the one handed grab down the sidelines. We saw him get a touchdown against Iowa. We saw one against Rutgers. Uh, He got a few, but it really, after he uh, broke his hand, didn't see it very much. Uh, But So here's what he said about uh, getting these guys the ball. I think we have some really creative... Oh, sorry. I started too late. The cool thing is, it's like there's a whole bunch of puzzle pieces. You're trying to fit them all together to make this masterpiece of what we want this offense to look like. And when you have two dynamic players like that, you have to figure out ways to get them the ball in different ways. And obviously, I'm not going to tell you how those ways. Maybe we could talk about it off the mic. But I think we have some really creative things that we're doing with those guys because they have special talents. But at the same time, being very smart with how we do it and when we do it and how we're attacking people. So just excited to put them in their different positions because we'll have a great plan. And we're starting that right now. That to me indicates we're going to see both of them on the field at the same time. And they're just going to do some different things that maybe we haven't even thought of. I think Donovan will certainly be involved in the pass game. Are there other things in jet sweeps? Are there other things with getting Blake more involved in the pass game? Uh, Certainly he wasn't as trusted in that, especially after some drops in uh, season two for him in 2021. Do they have things that they can do that 
we aren't even thinking of. That to me is the most tantalizing thing. And the fact that they're sitting there saying like, all right, we got some stuff. Now we have seen at times the version of creativity more so in the middle years of Jim Harbaugh of like, yeah, we, we were really creative. We put our running back in the slot. Okay. But generally in the Jim Harbaugh tenure, the offense has been incredibly creative. It just might look boring because they're doing old school football. But we've heard a lot of times of like defensive coordinators and head coaches of other teams being like, Michigan's impossible to prepare for. Their offense is just so complicated. While people complained that it was just fullback dives or, you know, running on first and 10 all the time. Just because you're doing that doesn't mean it's not creative. It just means that that's stylistically what they're going to do. But it doesn't mean that the formations and things aren't creative. So I'm excited to see what that looks like. Because I think that there will be some some moments, especially because they do want to get the pass game involved. They do want JJ to be able to throw the ball. Like we've talked about, they need to be able to because how are you going to continue? How are you going to get Bryce Underwood, right? Like you need to be able, like, all right, you got JJ. You're, you, you got Jaden Davis. You want to be able to continue that going, right? Ohio State didn't just out of the blue have, I mean, they had, they did have a, Troy Smith won the Heisman, but like before that was what Craig Krenzel, you know, not immediately before that. I don't really remember who was between uh, Craig Krenzel and, uh, and Troy Smith, but they weren't lighting the world on fire with their quarterback play. And then you had to kind of build that up. And while, you know, trail Pryor was certainly, I mean, he was the top quarterback in the country in the 20, sorry, the 2008 class, but, um, it, it it really built up their ability to to secure guys who could really pass the ball because they, they when starting with uh, really kind of more with Terrell Pryor was kind of a a dual threat mentality, right? And some were better than others, right? JT Barrett maybe wasn't as electric as Braxton Miller, but he was able to pass the ball that much more, and that gave way to Dwayne Haskins, who gave way to. Uh, to Justin Fields, who gave way to uh, C.J. Stroud. That's how you do it, is being able to, to to show, like, you want to play in this system. So they need to be able to do that. In order to do that, they need the running backs to be involved in the pass game. Now, what that looks like, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, but I, I'm not, I, and I also am curious, are they both in the field in some kind of read situation? Because if, if I have those two running backs and I have a mobile quarterback in J.J. McCarthy, I mean, yeah, you can load up the line of scrimmage, but maybe there's different screens and different things that you can do to n- completely negate any kind of advantage you think you have against the run game. It'll be interesting to see. All right, Thursday is going to be the mailbag. I already put the question out on Twitter. If you can't find it, just go to my profile and look for it. It's out there. Uh, So thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We will be back on Thursday with the Michigan Mailbag. Peace.